Hey everyone, it is Scott Betson, and welcome back to Midnight Movie Confessionals. I just came back from a special screening. The 25th anniversary screening of one of my favorite films by one of my favorite directors. The one and only Quentin Tarantino's second film, Pulp Fiction. Now, I'm not gonna go on and on and on and on and on and on and on like my first podcast of this show of Midnight Movie Confessionals. I'm just gonna do a brief five minute review or so of this movie and just tell you what it is about very briefly and I'm gonna give you a bit of a should you go see it. And you know what, I'm gonna tell you. If you have the chance, if you see it at a local theater or whatever, what have you, if you have a friend that hasn't seen it for the first time, I recommend you go see Pulp Fiction. Now, I'm not going to tell you everything. I'm going to kind of give you some cliff notes about this movie. I'm not going to go like crazy into the whole, sorry, crazy into the whole thing. But basically, it's like a whole chronological, crazy sort of story. It basically follows the adventures of Jules Winfield, Vincent Vega, Butch Coolidge, Marcellus Emil Wallace, Jimmy, Ringo, Yolanda, which Ringo and Yolanda are also known as Pumpkin and Honey Bunny. And, well, it just, it chronicles everyone's story in such a weird fantasy-like tale. I don't know how else to really explain it, but it starts off in the middle of a diner. Like this whole diner is basically where it starts and where it ends for the entire movie. Basically these two people, Yolanda and Ringo, who we don't know their names at first, they're just known as, hun- like we just know they're talking, having breakfast and just saying, forget it, we're not gonna do this shit anymore. And they decide to rob this restaurant that they're in brilliant move really like I don't know how else to say brilliant but good job guys you're about to do something really stupid but if you're gonna do it fucking do it don't give up on what you're gonna fucking do for all we know they may have wanted to fucking become bankers or some shit like we don't fucking know I know Ringo slash pumpkin is talking about how some guy still like uh, went into a bank and used a portable phone, and it was in a federal bank, apparently, too, that he went into a bank with nothing but a cell phone. And this is the 90s, like, people. So he walks in with a bit of a brick-like flip phone, not even a flip phone, but just part of the phone has, like, a little bit where you dial the numbers and whatnot flipped. Like, he walks into a fucking bank saying, if you don't let your phone, like, basically saying sort of how this guy walks into one, phone of all things a fucking phone saying you don't fucking give us all the money in the bank we're gonna kill this little guy this this guy's little girl and he's like he fucking pulled it off of the phone and literally like this is pretty much that part of like that's when like after they say oh we're gonna rob this restaurant that's when the intro comes in and then we get introduced to our next set of characters Vincent and Jules they're on their way to go meet some 
idiots who made a deal with their boss, Marcellus, who's also a bit of a prime mortal, like a very, very centralized character in this movie. Like, we'll talk about him a little bit later. Yeah, I said I was gonna, this was going to be five minutes. It's not going to be. It's maybe going to be like 10, 15. But uh, basically, he talks, like, they're basically talking about how Vincent came back from Europe. He's just coming back. He came back from Amsterdam after three years or so. And he's talking about how all the things in Europe are different. Like, you could walk in Amsterdam, like, into a theater, buy beer, you know, like a glass. You could buy it at McDonald's. And he talks about how they don't call a quarter pounder with cheese in Paris a quarter pounder with cheese because they got the metric system. They don't know what the hell that would be. They don't use the imperial system. And they then they call it a Royale with cheese. A Big Mac's called a Love Big Mac. And shit like that. And, um... Well, they also talk about, like, all this, and they... I was gonna talk a little bit about TV, which is something that Quentin Tarantino is known to do. He likes to talk about TV a lot, but... Whatever, not a big deal. So, continuing on with the story, he, like, uh... They're talking about another guy who, I guess met up with Mia, Marcellus Wallace's wife, and gave her a foot massage. Marcellus apparently didn't like that and threw him off a fucking, like, almost killed him, threw him out of a four-story, like, window, like, out of a four-story building, out of his apartment, and basically paralyzed him, almost. And pretty much they're just doing all this crap, talking about all this and that, and then when they're on their way to go talk to Brett and his associates they basically find themselves like caught at breakfast and what do they have lo and behold the biggest movie reference this side of the ruby slippers from the wizard of oz big kahuna burger now my fellow listeners to this podcast you may not know but i really do like myself some burgers i do Oh, fuck. Oh, God, I think a skunk came through here. Never mind. Basically, I like my hamburgers. I like my meat. I like I like good hamburgers. I like good cheeseburgers. I like going to Fat Burger every so often. I like going to other places around Metro Vancouver that I can get my hands on that have good food like that. And I'm going off topic here. I'm sorry. But I, I like good food sometimes. I like to kind of have a nice good greasy spoonful of a burger that is enjoyable so they're talking about all this shit they're having burgers whatever they like vincent and jules are meant to retrieve a package from brett which they do but in turn they find out like they were sent like we find out that he's they were basically sent there because brett fucked up a deal and wants to make him into his associate's pay and this is where uh, Jules starts to decide to go on the biblical verse that he goes on to in the film, which in turn, when he does quote the, the Bible verse, Ezekiel 2017, 2517, not 2017, I don't know why I said 2017. It's 2517, chapter 25, verse 17. He goes on to quote it, which is not really in the Bible. I've read it, and it's not really there, but whatever. It's not a big deal. But, uh, yeah, they go on to talk about this. They go on and on and on and on. He, they, they, he, they, like, Jules and Vincent both execute him and everyone else. And then pretty much we go to another chapter of the stories that are going on. Butch 
and Marcella is talking about how Butch is a pretty much a washed up old boxer who doesn't really have much of a career left so he's deciding to just kind of retire more or less like he's going to take a fall from Marcellus when in turn he double crosses him and takes the money and runs more or less because he found out like he like because he's basically told fix is going to be in I'm making money off this shit more or less what he was doing and uh well that happens, and then next thing we know, we have Mia and Vincent going out on a date because Marcellus went out of town for a couple of days, and she wanted like Marcellus wanted Vincent to take her out and have like treat her to a good time. So they in turn go to a 1950s kind of 1960s place called Jackrabbit Slims, which. I honestly wouldn't mind seeing become a reality anywhere in the world. Like, I would actually go to it. Heck, I would even dress up for it. I would literally dress up like I'm from the fucking 50s with a pin, like with a pinstripe suit, double-breasted, just kind of looking all snazzy looking, and just kind of like, whatever. Like, I would literally do that. I would do something like that. It'd be funny. But when they're there, they're just having food served by Buddy Holly who's played by Steve Buscemi and it's kind of like a 19 it's a very 1950s pop culture esque sort of thing they got Mamie Van Dorn Zorro uh what's her name they don't they mention Jane Mansfeld but she's not there we have Marilyn Monroe and we have I think Ed Sullivan and we have some guy that looks like Ricky Nelson playing the guitar then they have a twist contest, which they win the contest for. And I actually kind of missed this part, but there's a part right before Vincent and me go on a date. He's buying heroin from his like a local dealer in L.A. Because that's where it's set. It's set all around L.A. Like just some uh, contemporary sort of story that could happen anywhere, more or less. But it's in L.A., I guess. Basically, he's buying heroin from him. Gets high before you go see Mia and shit, and then Mia, when they get back to the house, decides to take what he what she thinks is cocaine because she's a bit of an addict on coke. Decides to take it, finds out it's heroin, overdoses, fucking Vincent freaks out, takes him back, takes her back to Lance's place. Gives her an adrenaline shot, which is also one of the things that a lot of video games and whatever else kind of reference. I, I remember an old game back in the day, Total Overdose for the PS2. I remember playing it. It had a moment where they were saying, like, like the adrenaline shot in Pulp Action. No, Pulp Fiction. It's like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And that game is full of, it's chock full of movie references from the 90s. And shit, but that's beside the fact. So they're basically doing that, and she he drives him home. Drives her home. She says a joke that was a part of a show that she was on because she was an actress, I guess. But she never really did much of anything, so she just decided to say fuck it, and married Marcellus and became like just kind of lived off her, his money, I guess. I don't know. 
basically that happens that ends that whole part of his saga with Mia so comes the part about Butch who's a boxer like I mentioned he has a dream about an old army captain who stayed like who's with his father in the war of Vietnam and they more or less talk about like this and that how his dad isn't there anymore because in all this and he gets a watch that his great great grandfather basically passed down from generation to generation to generation like a family heirloom sort of thing which is cool I like the idea but uh, that becomes a major plot point for Butch's story this gold watch and it feels like this whole movie involves like shit with gold for whatever reason it's always something gold it feels like so it's like it's gold watch and shit and it's just like whatever it's not like I don't know what else to say about it basically Butch wins the fight he uh, heads back to his hotel room where he's staying because he can't go to his apartment because I guess he won the match and he wasn't meant to he was meant to take a fall he doesn't take the fall he does that Takes off, finds out that his partner forgot his, like his watch that his dad gave him, basically that was passed on to him, passed on to him, passed on to him, like through generations. And he goes back, he finds a gun, shoots the guy that had the gun, which was Vincent, and takes his watch, goes back, finds Marcellus when he's driving back to the hotel, runs him over. And pretty much they get into a scuffle, get into some crazy shit, run to a pawn shop where the pawn shop's owner and uh, his associate decide to pretty much pick up a gimp and distract Butch with and then do whatever to Marcellus. I don't really know. They don't really say. I think they rape him. I don't really remember. I wasn't really paying attention to that scene. Basically, that's what happens. Butch saves Marcellus from all the crap that's going on. And in turn, what happens is that he leaves L.A. for good, takes all the money, takes this chopper that was one of the guys that were trying to take advantage of Marcellus. And that ends his story. And then we get back to Vincent and Jules, who are talking, like, giving them the Bible verse. Basically, they shoot Brett and then they find some guy that just shot like just decides to jump out try and shoot them both and Jules thinks that they're saved because of divine intervention because they just shot the dude who tried to shoot them and since they didn't get shot or anything like that he thinks divine intervention so they in turn discuss this quickly and Jules is like yo I'm done man I'm not doing this anymore I'm out and pretty much they're like, okay, whatever. Marvin's like, what do you make of all this? Well, no, not Marvin. Vincent's asking Marvin what does he think of all this and accidentally pops a cap in Marvin, shoots him in the face, dead. And, well, here comes Jimmy, more or less. This is where Jimmy comes into the situation, played by Tarantino. Uh, basically, he's... I don't know if, I see, if he, I'd say he's a MacGuffin, but maybe more or less... Like, they have to hold on to the suitcase or whatever. And Marce- like, they contact Marcellus. 
saying, yo, we need help now. We're at my friend's place. We need to get this car off the road. We need to, we need to like, get ourselves kind of cleaned up. So they contact the wolf, played by Harvey Keitel, who helps them get everything sorted out. And then after they get it all sorted out, they go to a restaurant, Jules and Vincent, where Jules kind of says, yeah, I'm willing to just start walking the earth like Kane and Kung Fu. And when he does that, he more or less just says, yeah, I'm going to do this. This is my, this is my deal. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And more or less is where the robbery starts to come back into play. I guess after he st- stopped discussing it, Vincent goes into the bathroom. Then the robbery actually begins. Jules gets his wallet out and whatever, does what he does. Negotiates with the two robbers and decides to say, yep, I'm going to give you my money. But in turn, I'm buying my freedom and my life. And in turn, you know, you're not going to go near me or anyone else again. You're just going to do your own thing. And that's where it kind of goes full, goes back to the place where they're, where they meet Marcellus. So that's where the movie ends. I should be getting off here now, but I know I was going to do 15 minutes, but now it's become nearly 20 minutes. I'm going to say this right now on my, like my rating scale for movies. I have a rating scale that's not like on my other podcast that you may know of this, the Bebop Sessions. This is totally different. This is totally different part. uh, Not part of it, but my Midnight Movie Confessional Scale, I'm gonna give this movie, like I normally will give a Tarantino film, I'm gonna give it a four out of five. You need to go see this if you're a fan of Tarantino, watch it, however you can. You will love it. I know I love it, but you know what? Overall, this is a good movie. I'm glad I saw it again for the first time in a long time in a theater. Like this is the second time I've seen it in theaters in person. This is the first time I saw it in a special version of it in the VIP screenings at the Cineplex that I was at, which was cool, which is 19 and up, which is good. I had a good time. I had a drink. I didn't get my $5 shake, Sally, but this morning I had my big Huna burger and then I had my gourmet coffee. And yeah, pretty much I had what I had to have today. I had my... Royale cheese the other day, but you know what, ladies and gentlemen, this podcast will con. This will always be a constant thing. This will only happen every so often. So when this, like, I'm trying to do retrospectives and just do quick reviews or whatever. But you know what? I'm glad whoever's listening to this has enjoyed. I will catch you all in the next podcast. Whether it's you're listening for this one or you're listening to. The Bebop Sessions, which will continue on pretty soon. There will be another episode this week for that. But this is just another, just out of the blue sort of session with myself, Scott Betson, and I will see you all very, very soon. Enjoy. As, the old, as an old friend of mine would say, Sick Semper Cinema. Mm-hmm.